Welcome to the Church Safety and Security Broadcast with the Church Safety Guys, sponsored by Checker. Background screens for your faith or volunteer organization. The Church Safety Guys is a nonprofit organization. Our mission is to inspire, influence, and impact church safety and security teams. We are protectors, guardians, ambassadors, and shepherds. We are about all things church safety and security, which starts with a ministry mindset and a servant's heart. Join us for the next hour as the Church Safety Guys unpack safety, security, leadership, and ministry operations with your hosts, James McGarvey and Mike Scully. This broadcast is also available on social media, YouTube, your favorite podcast platforms, and on the all-new Church Security app. Well, hello and welcome to the Church Safety and Security Broadcast with the Church Safety Guys. I am James and I am joined on this broadcast with my good friend, Mike. Hey, James. How are you doing, sir? Not bad. A hair of an echo, but we're... For sure. So on this broadcast, I am actually sitting in the living room of Dr. Brian Patterson. <laughs> and uh, I'm going to try and bring him in. Uh, so I'm going to step back for just a second and, and let Mike talk to you about some of our resources. And uh, we can jump in as soon as I'm back. Well, I think in the in the meantime, I'm going to take an uh, uh, opportunity to uh, just say that we there's a, a need for prayer to uh, wrap uh, folks in Nigeria in prayer right now. Uh, some breaking news um, reports that a, uh, a Catholic parish in southwestern Nigeria was attacked uh, with multiple worships, worshipers uh, shot and detonated explosives uh, is what I'm reading so far. Um, it was the St. Francis Catholic Church uh, in Ando State. Um, is what I'm seeing. So a lot feared dead, no, not a whole lot of reports and information as of yet, uh, but we are seeing that and that is uh, uh, breaking news at this time. We know we have folks all over the world that listen to this show uh, and we just ask everyone that is listening tonight to uh, wrap them in prayers. want to call attention to, if you're not uh, uh, a regular follower of this show, if you happen to cross it today, uh, be sure to give it a like, give it a subscribe if you're listening on YouTube. Um, check out our website, churchsafetyguys.com. We also have a church security app. You can get that in Apple or Android and download that. You can get a whole lot of free resources and information directly through there. If you uh, sign up completely free, get in there and uh, use those for your church. You know, typically we plan, when we, we do our scheduling for broadcast, we, we look out at about four or five months out and we kind of, um, we, Mike and I talk about it and we talk a lot uh, with folks that uh, serve with us in CSG and church safety guys and that sort of thing. And, you know, it's interesting. I, I think with all of the mental health concerns going on, it's providential. I'm going to say that we tonight are talking about that. And um, if you did have the chance to actually come uh, to our October conference in Columbus, Ohio, uh, Dr. Patterson was one of our amazing guest speakers. Uh, he got a standing ovation. Everybody, <laughs> everybody loved him. 
and uh, he really hits point with uh, with some of the mental health concerns and how it impacts the church and some of the things that we need to do as as believers to stand up for what's right. And so um, I reached out to him and and uh, he agreed to graciously have me come in his living room. So I am sitting next to him. So I'll bring him on uh, the camera and uh, hopefully we'll have a a smooth <laughs> a smooth broadcast for sure. But thank you, Brian, for for joining us on this broadcast. It's really an honor to have you. I appreciate it. Man. Have you with us? So if you could just kind of go through your uh, your background, like uh, where I know you were uh, you served in the military and uh, what what kind of pushed you besides besides God, what kind of led you down the road of uh, being in psychology and and kind of going in that direction? Okay, so uh, well, I started back in 1982. I entered the United States Army and enlisted and uh, as a tanker and I uh, went from boot camp right over to Germany to a border cab unit. This would have been 82 to 84 during the height of the Cold War. Um, I served on, on tanks and, and armored personnel carriers with the cab. Uh, came back to the States and they eventually uh, went to commissioned to second lieutenant as an engineer. And I spent uh, eight years after four years enlisted eight years with the, mm -hmm. uh, as uh, with engineers. And so I, I did 12 years with the military and then I um, transitioned on civilian side. I eventually became a nurse, uh, worked uh, in the nursing field for a number of years and then uh, felt led. Um, to come over to mental health, uh, worked in the mental health area for a number of years and continue to get my credentials, master's and PhD. And so um, initially when I started out in mental health, I was with the community mental health center, uh, you know, institutions around central Ohio, adult um, mental health, extreme mental health issues like schizophrenia, those kind of things. And then um, as a counselor, um, I started out in adult and adolescent addictions. Uh, and then eventually started my own practice. Uh, so I started uh, working in mental health 20, uh, 22 years ago. Um, I started my practice in Worthington 16 years ago. And so um, right now I primarily work with uh, couples and adult uh, clients working with uh, dealing with addiction. Okay. Those kind of things. Sure. Yeah. I spent, um, I taught, I taught at Columbus State Community College for 15 years. Uh, I wrapped that up this past year, and I spent also six years working at University of Dayton Graduate School, working mm -hmm. with uh, counseling students. So I spent six years teaching uh, at the graduate level. So awesome! Yeah. And you've uh, you've written a few outstanding books too. I'll I'll mention. <laughs> yeah, I that. Yeah. yeah, and actually, we have the Warrior Code uh, is one of the the first books that. Uh, Brian wrote, and that's there's actually a link to that on our website, so you can actually go to our resource page yeah. down at the bottom and uh, definitely check that out um, because it's a great uh, it's a great resource. Uh, Brian is very passionate. Like you're you, when you write, um, I haven't I haven't read too many authors that extremely passionate as you are about that topic and the warrior code for men uh, a guide for men is really uh, a unique book uh, anyone can read it but at the same time it's it's very encouraging and 
it's I think it's a I think it's a great a great resource. Thank you, it's, it's, it, I, wrote, I wrote it as a counter <clears throat> to the idea that masculinity is toxic. Sure. Um, and, and that whole idea that um, men should be a certain way and men are what God call, calls us to be. Mm-hmm. And so the book really, um, really just kind of a somewhat raw look, in my opinion, as well as tools that I've written through the years for my clients uh, about how God expects for us to be men as, as, as Christians, as individuals, as uh, members of a family, as head of a household, as members of a society and a culture, and how um, how the broader pop culture and the broader society is really, uh, I dare say, um, um, socializing men to be less than masculine. Mm-hmm. And so the idea that uh, what masculinity is really is defined by us through God's word. Sure. And so I, just my thoughts on that. So. Your your thoughts that are the book is really thick. <laughs> I have a lot of a lot of ideas about what sure. you know, um, not not just what God expects us to be, but but how that is is relevant in, in modern society. Sure, you know, and how uh, often you know the Bible says we're peculiar mm-hmm. because we're different, mm-hmm. and so um, that it's just it's just my thoughts. Yeah. It's definitely if you if you haven't checked it out, you definitely uh, should check it out. It's it's one of the resources that we strongly encourage, and uh, it's very very much spirit led, very um, very biblically sound and and biblically based. And uh, it takes a it takes a long time to read through it yeah. because you're trying to digest and process yeah. um, because it is very. Uh, very deep. Um, but at the same time, I mean, it's a, it's a great resource that if you were looking for something, say for your, your safety team or something like that for a group study, um, that would be great. And I, I think you're working on the, the, are you working on the group study or and uh, still, still, still working, still working on that <laughs> Yeah. Um, That's okay. So we, 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 we put out two additional books. The, sure. Um, the uh, for strength and honor really is is a book for men, women, and families. Again, it's uh, it's a number of tools, sure, uh, that can be a- applied to to modern day life. Mm-hmm. And then the the third book is the um, Warrior Handbook, which is written specifically for law enforcement, first responders, military, and veterans, mm-hmm. um, and the unique needs and challenges that they face, especially today. So for sure. And we, we will actually, we'll put those on the website as well. So if someone is interested in checking those out, we'll have, uh, we'll have that link as well so that folks can, uh, can take a look at that. So. If I could, you know, one last thing. In, sure. In addition to working in my practice, in addition to working with um, couples and, and adult issues, I also uh, specifically work with law, for, law enforcement, first responders, military mm-hmm. and veterans. Um, and, and have for a number of years. And that's that's kind of what I'd like to get into a little bit uh, on this on this broadcast, just talking about uh, first responders and mental health as as it comes into the church, because we know that as a church reaches out to the community, and as, and especially in a in a post COVID, hopefully post COVID era, 
you know, we're starting to see more concerns come to the church in the realm of, of mental health. Yes. And uh, oftentimes we've had, Mike and I both have had the experience of working with churches and kind of trying to coach them and help them embrace that and understand how to navigate uh, because, you know, church safety and security is so much more than just um, really just, you know, strapping a gun to yourself and, and going, you know, going out there and, um, you know, playing security or something like that. And from the mental health concern and piece of it, oftentimes we're called uh, in a situation to, to um, I don't want to say deal with, because that sounds kind of crass, but at to the address. same time to address, address yeah, address. Um, to address the concerns of mental health as individuals come in and, and are looking for help. Um, so what are your, let's go down, go down that road before the break. Uh, what are you, um, actually, let me turn it over to Mike real quick. Cause he's, he wants to jump in and say something and then we'll go down that road. Okay. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Mike. No, just as a quick comment. Uh, it, one, Brian, great to have you on the show. Good to see you again. Um, <laughs> The uh, wish it wasn't seven, eight months, but hey, you know, what? <laughs> anyhow, it's good to see you. But uh, I figure that the, the, the timing is providential as well. We're just on the heels of uh, Mental Health Awareness Month in May, which is great now here in June. But also really that uh, to hit on James point is I think there's a lot of churches that not just for the onslaught of the mental health issues that we're seeing as a swell, if you will, additional come to the church uh, doorstep. But beyond that is it's important enough and yet it's growing that these churches and these safety teams really should be d training regularly. And, I, and by regular, I would say is if you're training regularly for CPR, you should probably have a behavioral health or a mental health related training for your team almost as equivalent as frequently. Um, and that's not happening today. So I feel like there's a gap in churches that need more to address these uh, uh, challenges. What, I mean, you're welcome to comment on that. About specific challenges that the church is likely facing. Sure. You know, um, there's been a, a serious underestimation of the impact of the response to COVID on things like mental health and addiction um, and marital health sure. in our society. So while, while America and the West and the world were focusing on you know, COVID death numbers, nobody was really, well, except for the mental health profession, mm -hmm. we're really talking about the, the impact of isolation on, um, on let's say addiction, right? So we know that people that are in recovery from a, a addiction have to have a community. They have to interact with other people in recovery. They right. have to live actively, overtly as a part of re the recovery process. And COVID negated that, you know, in a significant way. How about depression? You know, people that are struggling with clinical depression were then shoved into isolation. And so the, the, consequences have been very profound. And that's, I, I'd imagine, um, I don't have the numbers on it, but far more impactful than the COVID virus itself globally. And so, True. you know, the, the church is the center of the community. 
And so when you have people now that, that the, you know, the community or society is opening up and people are coming out and coming into, into churches, they're bringing these extreme mental health mm-hmm. uh, situations or circumstances or, or, or you know, status into, into the church. Um, and a lot of times um, um, church leadership are ill-equipped to deal with some of the extreme issues. And then we talk about um, certain diagnoses like schizophrenia or, or bipolar disorder, some of these extreme diagnoses, there's often a religiosity that goes with it. And so you have people, let's say, that, that are uh, hallucinating. You know, you'll, you'll see, you know, have people say that, that, that either Jesus or Satan are directing them to do this or that. And I, and I, I think that when we see all of these, these um, <clears throat> mass shootings, you know, it's easy to focus on guns and not address the underlying and, and significant issues like mental health like the influence of pop culture and media on the minds of people that are troubled um, and, and the consequence that comes with irresponsible um, behaviors of people in the media and people in a broader culture. It, it's always gonna be easy to, to focus on one thing and not deal with the broader issue um, that are driving a lot of the um, things that are occurring. I don't know if that answered your question, but sure. uh, <laughs> kind of leapt into a couple of topics here. And yeah. So that the 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 the, yeah. the, uh, the church has to be prepared to address whatever comes into um, whatever you know the individual that walks into the church, um, you know whatever they're presenting with. Technical difficulties, please stand by. <laughs> it's some good comments, Brian. I, th- I think in general that, again, that echoes kind of the sentiment that the church is really ill-equipped and, and safety teams are definitely ill-equipped, but there, there's even pastors that certainly have not um, looked at that as in general as well. And maybe that's something we can unpack further after the break, because I mean, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm going to go to kind of say, you know, uh, there's so much going on there and there's so many triggers and drivers of that mental health. But if, if we just turn to scripture and we say, you know what, second Timothy uh, for God g- gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power of love and self-control. And it really has a theme text there of, of that ability of getting back towards control, back towards uh, uh, shedding that fear and turning and rooting that in scripture, in our, in what we have as an opportunity uh, to, to kind of ground ourselves and bring us back to that. Um, and that I believe n- not only as a safety leader, but as uh, different pastors as well, that's, that's really what they're reaching when these folks come in and, and present with, with these additional um, challenges and perhaps even diagnosis. Well, and I think to to your point on that, Mike, I think that oftentimes we have this imagination, like our imagination is built up and we have this perception of what we expect or anticipate mental health concerns to be. And I think from, from the aspect of a safety team, when someone comes in, we automatically assume that, you know, someone that has a mental health concern, maybe 
maybe we stereotype too much and just make the assumption that, you know, okay, if this person's coming in, this is how they're going to act. And I'm, I'm kind of nervous because I don't have the training uh, to handle or to step in and, and help that person. And what's interesting to me, and I think I've used the example before, is starting each day or, you know, starting each service day with prayer and, uh, you know, prayer and supplication, taking a moment, meeting with your team, uh, praying with them and just saying a simple prayer of, you know, God, give me the wisdom, you know, and strength to handle a situation where I don't know the outcome and use me. You know, I've I've prayed that multiple times and gotten pulled into situations uh, with mental health where someone just wanted me to sit down and pray with them, you know, and, and that's not complicated. Right. I mean, I had a I actually had a gentleman who. I felt this. I, I felt the spirit of the Lord telling me, go talk to him. And I, cause I walked past him and I'm like, Hey, how are you doing today? And he's like, uh, well, I'm okay. And I just knew he wasn't okay from how he said it. And something prompted me, probably the Holy spirit. <laughs> so I turned around and I went back to him and I said, you're not okay. You know, is there something I can help you with? You know, I called on the radio. I'm like, Hey guys, I need to step off you know, for just a second and help, um, step off the floor, help, help this individual talk to him. And, uh, we sat down and he said, you know, my wife left me last night and I came here and he just, you know, starts crying and he's like, she's been having an affair. I don't know what to do. Um, you know, can you just, can you pray for me and can you pray with me? And I said, absolutely. You know, I, I'm not, and I, and I told him, I said, I'm not a counselor. I said, I can, I can hook you up with a counselor. We can get you with a pastor. You know, uh, we can do all sorts of things. I can help you because I know the resources. So I can get you to the right resources. But I said, the first resource is I can pray with you. And that's how, you know, that's how I need to handle this. And so he, he was very grateful you know, when we were done praying, he, you know, he stood up, he gave me a big bear hug and he said, you know, thanks for not walking away. Thanks for actually stopping because you're the fifth or sixth person that said hi. And then, you know, left and, um, you know, I'll throw it over to you, but that's, you know, a, a simple thing. And we've, we've said this, we've trumpeted this from day one that, you know, your, your team from an instructional um, opportunity standpoint, your team needs to be just as quick to be able to pray with someone as to respond or to do anything else and handle that situation. So. Absolutely. Well, and you kind of picked up on it right there is you started with the right attitude and that's what matters in any case. You don't know who you're going to encounter, what you're going to encounter, what they're bringing in with them um, from any standpoint. So having the right attitude is, I think, the start. Um, having empathy and willingness to actually listen to the person, I think, obviously, is very big beyond that. And you just took time. You took time to, beyond the checking the box, waving high, you actually took time to connect. And I think that's where it opened that up and gave you the opportunity. Thank God that it, it, it just presented as an opportunity to pray, because obviously there's risk in any of those situations. But I'd say sure. take it even a step further is is really beyond that is looking at even within your own folks, people that can be within your church or regular goers on a normal basis could be susceptible to uh, mood swings. 
irritability, any sort of things, they could be suffering themselves. And it could be somebody that's a known individual. And as a result, you don't want to just look past them from a standpoint of, oh, I know them, they're fine. Well, yes, as a person, maybe they're fine. But as an individual currently right now, maybe they're not. Maybe they're hurting and maybe they need something. Well, and that that definitely, and I'll I'll throw it over to to Brian, and then we'll take a quick break. But you know that that goes from to the concern of of mental health and being concerned about how how your safety team is responding, right? How are they engaged? How how are they embracing the ministry focus and the vision portion of serving? Because as a leader, for, for those of you that direct a team, you need to be concerned with the mental status and situation of uh, the individual that's serving. And uh, we can probably, for sake of time, we can come back after the break and talk maybe a little bit more, but I'll, I'll throw it over to Brian. Well, the common human experience is pain. And, yeah. um, and unfortunately, loneliness. You know, um, it may be understandable that a single person might feel alone, but married people, people with large families often feel very alone. And so when people come to the hospital, a.k.a. the church, mm-hmm. we have to think in those terms that this person is likely going through something because everybody is going through something. And uh, it is important to have like a, a kind of a universal precaution attitude. It's yeah. a nursing term, right? <laughs> Putting on gloves. Universal precaution uh, attitude about every everybody that walks into the church it is is in a trial it's been said either you're you're going into a trial <laughs> you're going through a trial <laughs> or you're coming out of a trial right and um and so when people um um are not empathetic and not um uh, attuned to the moment and what a person might or might not be experiencing they often miss the cues that will either indicate that a person is 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 in need of help, like you you responded to those cues, James. You, mm-hmm. you you saw something, but even more broadly, when it comes to extreme mental health issues, you have to pay attention mm-hmm. to what um, what cues are being presented. Whether it's whether somebody in need of help and or somebody's a threat. Um, now, one of the, the challenges with extreme mental health issues, there may not be cues. You know, um, if a person is attending to, like I said, to some type of hallucination, you may not be or may or may not be aware of what's Mm -hmm. going on as as they're, you know, a lot of times uh, people will appear very calm and then an instant, instant, you know, um, begin to act out. And so it's just it's just really uh, it's imperative that that uh, the, the security personnel and and the uh the, the leadership in the church um is aware of who's moving in and out of the facility um and and to simply pay attention um uh, because these are these are challenging times when it comes to mental health and 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 it's my belief as a professional uh it's going to get worse before it gets better you know we're talking about um economic downturn and economic issues mm-hmm. we're talking about extreme conversations in the media that uh, it just seems tend to uh, push the buttons sure. uh, of, of people that are already troubled and people are acting out on the things they're hearing in, in the broader uh, pop culture and the media. Again, I'm, saying, I'm repeating myself, but it's such, a, it's, a, it's such an important point that um, 
um, that there's just a lack of care mm-hmm. in what people are willing to say that are getting out to the broader society. And, and so you've got, you've got young men and women or young people and, uh, you know, uh, living in isolation and loneliness and maybe some are being bullied or have been bullied and they're living in their parents' basement, um, you know, and, 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 um, and sometimes even in a fantasy world, we've got, you know, people living on spending hours and hours on video games, not to say that video games are a cause, but they're a factor. Sure. Um, and, and, you know, between some of the social media and the, um, the inundation of, of all of these, um, these technologies, um, coalesce or, or come together into some pretty dire situations. I think that's what we're saying. And so it's, it's just wise that um, every ministry um, uh, take upon themselves to get the training, regular training, and to pay attention to what's happening in society. Yeah. Well, and to, to one of the things that you said about, about the factors, you know, I've had the opportunity to talk to several teachers uh, in the school system, in the public school system, and they're saying that most kids are now being um, a, about at least a grade, maybe more than a grade back from the two years that, Absolutely. you know, that we were in COVID. And, and that, you know, that kind of um, speaks to what you just mentioned on, you know, we don't understand the, the gravity of the situation sure. because honestly, if we look at it, as, as a whole, you know, we were in, in many cases, isolation for two years. And in some cases we're still, you know, there are still places that, that are embracing that. So from that standpoint, you know, it's not something, unfortunately, it's not something that's going to be fixed right away. Um, And people like we were in a self gratification, you know, society, we want it fixed. We want problems fixed. Now we want, um, you know, we want, an answer now. Yes. And what we have to realize is that it's going to take time to reverse that damage and to really uh, evaluate how to do that. Um, but I'll go ahead and throw it over to Mike and then we'll, uh, we'll go ahead and take a, a quick sponsor break. But to, to just follow that real quick, the real challenge is, you know what, COVID was so focused on, hey, let's get the tests out there. Let's make statistics big. Let's, let's, let's focus on this number over here. Well, there's not a shiny little uh, swab, nasal swab or this, that, or the other test to identify mental illness. And there's, they certainly haven't been pushed and sent out to homes all over the country to say, is this hurting? So there's, there's an epidemic of mental illness, I believe, that's out there that's not being tested for and is only being coming to light with things that when, when there's certain trigger points. So we're seeing things bubble over in some but there's still a lot that I think is hidden beyond that. I'm sure you would agree, Brian. Well, absolutely. And one significant facet of that is addiction. So, you know, we, we already had an opioid epidemic, you know, two decades in, and now the fentanyl um, issue is just stunning. Uh, there's enough, just last year, to my understanding, there was enough fentanyl, which is a synthetic opioid, seized enough to kill everybody in America. It is a very dangerous drug. It is, it is in our streets, in the most affluent of neighborhoods, um, and, and yet we don't really talk about that. We don't talk about uh, um, crystal meth is on, on the, on the uh, resurgence right now. 
we 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 talk we don't want to talk about the true devastation of marijuana marijuana use as america is is walking towards legalization of marijuana for recreational use we don't want to talk about the negative impact that it has on adolescent population it is the number one drug used and abused by kids it has a horrifying effect on on kids and their families but that's not a part of the conversation because people want to get high so there <clears throat> there is a selective focus on what uh, certain elements in our society want to focus on and it's to the detriment of our our country as a whole people are dying in silence and quiet because it's not important to certain elements of our country it's important to us that that serve the kingdom of heaven and for those of us that that work in the mental health community uh it is it is amazing uh the 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 amount of addictions um, and people that are dying and suffering um, and, and nobody really wants to address it. So, you know, let's, let's, let's open up another uh, marijuana store for <laughs> mental health issues, right? <laughs> so, for example, not to go down a rabbit hole, but a lot of people smoke weed because they have anxiety. The side effect of marijuana use is anxiety. We know that research shows that for an adolescent to smoke weed, you're losing at least eight IQ points. That's stunning. We talk about marijuana has, you know, effects, um, you know, the, the hippocampus of the brain and, and the seat of memory. It, it negatively, negatively affects motivation and decision making and relationships. Um, on top of the fact, as James says, pointed out, there is a hole in the education of practically every child in America, a hole that may that may never be overcome, because it's such a big issue. Kids have had to be pushed along; they were passed along with an inefficient uh, education experience because of COVID. So, so there are a lot of things uh, that are not a part of the national dialogue. As we focus on this over here, this over here is being um, not dealt with. So, for sure. Well, we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. And then when we come back, we'll dive into uh, mental health in your team a little bit more. And we'll chat about that. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. At Centurion Bible College, we're authentic about relationships. We're passionate on training. We're unapologetically biblical. And as the first college in the United States to design an associate's program in church safety and security, we're innovative. Explore Centurion Bible College and you'll find the tools to be better prepared to support your community and the mission of your church, the culture to help you engage with the people you serve with, and the environment to foster learning and leadership. Discover Centurion Bible College today. Enhance and develop the skills to engage and connect with your community when they need you the most. Be intentional in your community with a ministry mindset, understand concepts of safety and security, and make a difference today. For more information or to enroll, visit centurionbc.org or churchsafetyguys.com. Even at church, bad things can happen. Medical emergencies, active shooters, predators, even domestic disputes. Is your church, is your ministry, is your sanctuary prepared? Do you have a safety or security team? 
Find out how you can be with James McGarvey's new book, The Case for Church Safety and Security. James McGarvey's experience and training, along with a biblical foundation, bring much needed information in today's trying times. It offers a true biblical perspective for starting, keeping, and growing a safety or security ministry in your church or place of worship. The Case for Church Safety and Security, a brand new book, includes a special foreword by Frank Pomeroy, the pastor at the First Baptist Church, Sutherland Springs, Texas, where they experienced the worst active shooter in U.S. history. This compelling book shares insight on preparing yourself and your church from potential threats with a biblical worldview. Start your journey to a more secure ministry and worship freely knowing you're safe. Get more information now at churchsafetyguys.com and pick up your copy today. The Church Safety Guys help church and place of worship safety and security teams all over North America through our broadcasts, online communities, conferences, trainings, resources, and the all-new Church Security app. Download it today. Help us continue to reach churches by supporting our sponsors, purchasing our resources, and consider becoming a ministry partner by making a monthly or one-time donation. Remember to like, subscribe, and share this broadcast with your team. And now, back to the broadcast. News on uh, what we brought you at the top of the episode, uh, the attack on St. Francis Xavier Catholic Church in Owo, Nigeria. Um, it looks like it happened at, uh, I'm not sure, time zone here, 3.51 p.m., multiple sources reporting unidentified gunmen attacked at that church, um, and at least 50 people were killed. Uh, unspecified number of worshipers were wounded. Uh, gunmen is believed to have used explosives during the attack as well. Um, looks as it possibly as a result of economic activities that were largely suspended in the area as a result. So more coming in on that. It's developing as we speak. Uh, but again, uh, just uh, I think it that now takes it perhaps as one of the largest in the world um, that we've ever heard of as far as an attack uh, with number of lives lost. So um, again, continue to wrap them in prayer. Um, hopefully that... Uh, the count doesn't uh, increase. It's already uh, terrible, uh, but just want to bring that to you while we're uh, working through these technical difficulties. Okay, I think we're we're back and we'll move forward. And uh, I know, Mike, you wanted to to talk about identifying signs and maybe uh, I also I'd like to chat about engaging folks that serve right and what looking at them, helping them, but also some of the things to talk about. So um, what, Brian, what do you think some identifying signs of, of mental illness would be just in general? Um, their appearance, how they're dressed, um, mannerisms, their speech pattern. Um, when you engage with a person, um, a lot of times there are telltale signs of there's something happening. As you pointed out a moment ago, that you saw an individual that was clearly um, going through something, and, and you, you addressed it. Um, and so, um, use some common sense. Sure. You know, we we know what social norms there are. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so for, let's say, you know, some of the common things like the schizophrenia, uh, we'll see uh, if it's a woman, her makeup is off, maybe some extreme, um, um, you know, uh, dressing the way people dress, uh, bipolar disorder, you may see some odd, um, you know, uh, uh, outfits. Um, if there's depression, you'll see uh, a lot of times body language, uh, downtrodden, yeah. you know, slumped shoulders, um, a slow gait or walk or pattern or, uh, you know, slow speech. Um, so it's really about speaking directly to the person, looking in their eyes, uh, take a common sense approach to looking at them from head to toe. Um, and then ultimately, um, a lot of times you, you will, you, there will be some type of indicator that something's up. For sure. And that's one of the things that I would mention with your team as well. Uh, just from the standpoint of if you assemble, you gather your team and all of a sudden you start noticing that maybe someone that's not their normal cheerful self is, is upset or depressed. Um, you know, it takes 30 seconds to actually say, are you okay? Is there something I can pray for you about or, or pray with you about? And uh, I think that that really makes the difference. I mean, we we talk often about building into your team, getting their engagement, connecting with them, and serving with them in a in a positive fashion. But discipleship comes with being connected, yeah. and you know we can't disciple individuals that are serving with us as leaders if we're so focused on just just getting to it get to your post you know that's all we're focused on you know we have to take the time to invest in the individuals that are that are serving with us um, otherwise it's they're going to get burned out and it's going to be short-lived absolutely you know one of the challenges just with, with some of the recent um mass shootings and you know um murder suicide thing is one of the significant telltale signs of suicidality if you have a member of your church and they're giving their belongings away and, uh, you know, following a period of if they, if they've been depressed for a period of time and then they appear in high spirits and maybe gregarious and they're giving their belongings away and things of like that or, or, you know, being very generous. A lot of times mm-hmm. what happens with, su- with depression leading to suicide, when a person sees the end is coming, they often will get a mental lift okay. because the pain is going to be over soon. And so if you see this pattern of, of, of depression and then a person that's all of a sudden is very happy, it's, 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 a, it's a concern. It's a concern. And as far as, as, far as the, the members of the team, um, never be afraid to ask, you know, um, are you at risk? Mm-hmm. Are you considering suicide? Are you considering homicide? Be assertive. You're not going to plant something in somebody's mind. I'm suggesting don't be so concerned about that as concerned as being forthright, directive uh, um, in, in exploring, uh, you know, be very direct in exploring what their issue is. Don't be shy. Ask. And I, I love that you mentioned that because oftentimes people will. They'll, you know, I'm, I'm going to hesitate because I feel like you're saying something that's awkward, but I don't know really how to handle it. Like, okay, that's awkward. (laughs) You know, I, and I'm chuckling not to make it, 
not to make light of the conversation or the discussion, but at the same time, that's how, until I understood that, that's how I treated it. I was very much like, I, I don't know what to say. What, what can I do, you know, to be involved with that person and to help them, but being direct, transparent seems like the best course of, of action. Yeah. And a lot of times it can shake them out of where they're at sure. and their, 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 their plans. Um, because now you, you've, you really address maybe something that they're really, uh, you know, on track to do or trajectory that is set. And you've maybe interrupted that trajectory that you know, may actually stop some, some tragedy from happening. And that's, uh, you know, it's, you can't, underestimate or overestimate the power of being able to plant that seed in the middle of somebody's thinking. Sure. Like I'm, I I know this is the way it's got to go. And then you come up and you just drop the seed of, Hey, can I pray for you? Can I pray with you? Are you thinking about doing this? And then, you know, that's enough to derail sometimes derail the whole train of thought to say, wait a second, you know, this, this individual cares about me enough that they've stopped. And Sometimes the challenge too with a with a team itself is going beyond that, right? It's not just that one moment, but kind of connecting and continuing to connect with that team or that individual uh, to show and express the love of Christ and and be consistent. Because we don't we don't want to be flash in the pan, you know. We don't want to just fix the problem now. We want to be able to help that individual long term. Yes you know, to be successful and uh, to, to understand that we value their, their life as much as Christ values their life. That's right. That's right. So, and there's two other things if I could touch on um, sure. one, there's a, there's a term church hurt. And so if you have somebody that's showing up at the church and they hear disgruntled again, ask them what's going on. What, 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 why are you upset? A lot of times, um, wow. um, people will um, <laughs> may have an issue with something that's occurred to them, occurred, you know, for them in the church, and they may be prepared to act out because of it. Um, and then one other thing is, is if they're hyper focused on a particular individual in the church. You need to explore what that is, what that's about, you know, and what what's going on with that. Um, if they're if they're let, let's say it's a spouse or somebody sure. that has an issue with one of the elders or the pastor, uh, you really want to be forthright and exploring what what you know what's going on. Why are you hyper focused on this person or that person or the church as a whole? Mm-hmm. And that's a, actually that's a that's a great point as well. Because when somebody is hyper-focused, there's a certain level of, of safety and security that typically comes up with that. And the reality is, if maybe the pastor uh, preached something that they didn't, didn't resonate with them or they sure. didn't agree with, sure. which, you know, we all know how that goes. Everything sure. offends everybody now. Sure. Sure. Um, but the reality is, oftentimes, you know, preaching from God's word is piercing, right? Yes. So when we have that type of situation, it's good to keep track of that and monitor that even from a social media perspective and somebody talking about something, because then that gives us the almost like a red flag to say, yes. you know what, we need to take this 
this serious. So, uh, Mike, you wanted to jump in. Yeah, I mean, what we're we're noticing right off the bat is this goes back to general situational awareness, uh, regardless of it being a mental health trigger or other cause. We're looking at changes from baseline. We're looking at what's abnormal, what's not that behavior, that the any sort of actions that are occurring, things that are being said, etc. But we, as a safety lead or safety team, our number one goal and what you guys were just talking about is really identifying the problem. If you identify that, hey, there's a cause, there is a motivation, there's a trigger, there's a there's a person they're hyper focused on. Well, then you as a team immediately have to key into that and keep that person out of visibility. Don't let them actually enter that that zone because that could then just escalate the situation. And so it, it really we've identified that problem. That's going into the next step, which I, I really feel is you now need to take charge and ensure safety for all around. And that includes the person themselves because they could be a detriment or, or uh, uh, to them, their own safety. And so you need to understand that when when you're encountering that, when you identify that there's a problem, when you've seen that that change from baseline, now it's about what do I have to do to create a safe zone? And that safe zone is everything that you possibly can do, not allowing that trigger in, but also understanding where you are when you actually encounter the potential individual. Because you may not be in your normal post. You may be in the lobby. You may be somewhere. Is is there something that could be grabbed? Is there something that could become a weapon very quickly? Because it's in that area of opportunity, if you will, for that individual. So I think that's important. The next I'd say is focus on feelings. Make sure you're kind of really trying to engage them and be empathetic, as Brian said earlier. Um, you want to stay calm. You want to stay measured in in how you respond. You don't want to cross your arms. You don't want to be too frustrated. And really, as our good friend uh, John Riley says, you want to practice active, reflective listening. Yes, for sure. For sure. And you you touched on about 20 things that I would like to go deeper on, but <laughs> we're pretty much out of time, <laughs> even, even with all the technical difficulties. So Maybe maybe next time in the not too distant future we can have have Brian back on again and uh, and certainly talk talk more because it's as as always it's been a, a pleasure and and uh, honor for for you to join us because we we appreciate your your insight. Thank you. I want to sure. throw one one last thought in there before we do uh, move on and and Brian, thank you. Uh, uh, great to have you on. A lot of great insight there, a lot of wisdom. Um, I know our listeners uh, appreciate what you're putting out there. There's a lot of goodness there. Uh, but I want to throw one more out there to the team is that, you know what, as an individual, as a safety team leader, know your, yourself. Know when it's time for yourself to tap out. Okay. Mm -hmm. there You may be mismatched with this individual. You may not be able, you may be triggering this individual for whatever reason at, at no fault of your own. But you need to understand and uh, that it's okay to tap out in that situation. And that means another member of your team may step in and take point. They may then take, they take that situation, engage and try to connect with that individual. So know to tap out and let somebody who may just have another perspective or another way to engage tap in. For sure. Did you want to add anything in closing? No, just um, keep praying for our country. Um, that these this, the um, uh, this culture um, and this current moment in time with the uh, pending Supreme Court ruling 
uh, is going to trigger. I, I believe I'm concerned that it's going to trigger certain behaviors and certain um, activities. So again, the teams need to be aware of what's happening. It's it's important that that the, the team be aware of pop culture and what's going on in the broader society. A lot of times mm-hmm. as Christians, we may withdraw and, and lose awareness of what's happening in a broader society. Absolutely. But that, that's where it begins. It begins out there. And there has there there is an educational process that needs to be ongoing about the world in which we live. As we as we go out and minister, as we as we fulfill the Great Commission, right? Mm-hmm. You need to also be um, you know, as you express the, the good news of Jesus Christ, you need to, to also try to learn what's going on in the broader society. That's, For sure. Yeah. Good. Definitely good stuff. Well, thank you again. Um, I'll go ahead and pull pull you out of the broadcast. But thank you, sir. We definitely we definitely appreciate you joining us. So, real quick, we'll wrap up. Uh, As always, you can visit our website at churchsafetyguys.com and get some great resources. There's some great information. Uh, You can also download our church security app, which has Uh, streaming capabilities to listen to past broadcasts. And then we also uh, alert, send alerts and news updates when uh, they're serious and we can actually uh, broadcast that information. We usually send out alerts as to to what's going on with churches, et cetera. And it's entirely free. You can download that free, register free. And there's a a whole host of, of policy information and different uh, great resource tools for you and your team. So you definitely want to want to check that out. Uh, as we go into season eight, uh, we'll be bringing him back. I believe the following week we have uh, Deepak Raju, uh, who is a, a pastor out of Washington, D.C. and author of the book On Guard, um, which is a, a children's book talking about children's ministries and different things like that. And um, Mike has a copy of it. There you go. So just a reminder, uh, if you uh, are familiar with that, if you're looking for that as a resource, uh, if you reach out to ecap.net and talk to Jeff and his team over there, um, they will actually send you because um, you have to mention the church safety guys, but they will actually send you a free copy of that book for for your church. So you definitely want to reach out to him. And it's an amazing resource, but uh, Deepak is a fantastic uh, guy, has a great heart for ministry, and he will be joining us in a couple weeks as well. And um, other than that, is there anything you wanted to add, sir? Well, I just say, you know what, it's it's great to get back in the saddle. Uh, sure. It's been a few weeks. You know what, we, we had an amazing conference and, and had a chance to uh, meet a ton of folks down in Orlando, Florida, and that was wonderful. As always, it's great to, uh, James, you and I to get together, but we also got to uh, get some of our other advisors together. We have a Iron Sharpens Iron Advisory uh, for those that are not aware, a bunch of folks that are surrounding us in prayer as well as helping drive the future of this organization. And we were able to meet with a bunch of them. So uh, just a tremendous yep. couple of weeks and good to have some time to kind of recharge, refuel um, and, and get some other things taken care of, uh, between plus a holiday. So it's just, it's good to get back on air and, and get some things, um, uh, topics back out there for the folks. So, yeah. And for those of you kind of questioning that, uh, we, when we started doing this, one of the big things that we said was family first 
And so when we came back from the conference, uh, both of us, I think, were so mentally, I mean, it was amazing, but both of us were so mentally exhausted that we were like, okay, we need to take a break and spend some time with our families because we had, we had set up the conference. And I will mention in the middle of that, of doing that, um, we actually connected and are now sponsoring a conference down in Dallas, uh, Texas. Um, and that information is on our website. Uh, we're one of the main sponsors of that event. So check it out. Uh, it's in August. And uh, Lord willing, if if we can pull it off, we're still trying to figure out the details, but Mike and I will actually both be down there uh, at a table and booth and uh, we'll be we'll be down there in the in the Dallas region. If you want to swing by, you're welcome to to stop by and say hi to us. We'd love to talk to you and um, really, really looking forward to it. So uh, as we move forward into the new season, season eight of our of our broadcast, uh, please keep us and your families in prayer because we're constantly we're staying busy. Um, I, you know, I was on the phone a couple of days ago with uh, Michigan State Police uh, because they asked us to, to come up and talk to them about um, doing conferences for the place of worship because law enforcement is reaching out and um, amazing ministry opportunity, amazing witnessing yep. opportunity that that we have to share the love of Christ. And that's our that's our focus. That's our main focus is is to keep ministry first and um, to jump in there and do that. So pray for us because, you know, as as God blesses and as we grow, you know, oftentimes Satan doesn't really like that. <laughs> so we've we found uh, different things in our way that. Uh, you know, we've, we've just prayerfully, that's why we added the advisory committee because we wanted folks around us praying, um, for protection and just being able to, to be a sounding board for us. So well, in interestingly enough, James, in the, the same week, I actually was reached out to by a Christian homeschool community. Uh, they meet in a church on a regular basis. That church does not have a safety team. Um, and they reached out and and happened to be in, in my backyard, essentially here. Yep. <laughs> uh, but uh, we'll be uh, we'll be meeting with them this week uh, to discuss their concerns around uh, their meeting as like a homeschool group, but they meet in a church facility. So in a way, it's kind of coming together as a community day. And there's obviously additional uh, security and, and safety concerns as a result. So um, uh, really just being pulled in, in many new directions and um, praise God. I mean, a lot of people are finding us and, and we're able to spend that time and, and, and reach those folks and, and help them out and, and hopefully give them kind of some additional peace and understanding of what does it look like? What does their facility look like? So we're going to do a site walk and, and give them some additional insights and in what they could do as part of their community day um, to try to help keep that, that group safe. For sure. So we are going to sign off. We'll say have a great, uh, great week. God bless. And we will talk to you next week. Lord willing, uh, have a blessed week. Take care. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you for joining the Church Safety and Security broadcast with the Church Safety Guys, sponsored by Checker. We hope that you found it informative and we appreciate your feedback. Be sure to share our broadcast with your teams. Join the discussion online and for other great resources, download the Church Security app or visit our website at churchsafetyguys.com. Remember, 
Keep a Servant's Heart, a mindset of ministry, and Semper Disciplina. Always be training. Have a blessed week.